Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. The Vikings game just ended. What you think? Let's hear it. It's Vikings Vent Line. Call us at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Vent, this is Vikings Vent Line. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary. Caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali. Janovich, the fullback. Janovich, hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig. He's not, they call a touchdown. They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Andy Janovich with his first carry of the season. They need the 42. Oh, he's knocked down from behind, hit by Von Miller. Oh boy, what a finish. Vikings Ventline is live on Score North, the Score North app, and also video streaming right now on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. My name is Phil Mackey. That is Manny Hill over there at Manny Hill 84 on social media. I am at Phil Mackey. And there is, we have full phone lines right now. And so as soon as someone jumps off the line, the number to call is 651 646 8255. And we will take all of your phone calls. We are strapped in and ready to rock after what we thought was going to be a Vikings barbecue session. And in a lot of ways, it's going to be. Yeah. I'm guessing people aren't too happy with the way that the majority of those three hours played out. But let me let me start with this, and then we'll get to Anton in Florida and a bunch of other people here. I actually think more highly of the Vikings because of the way they came back and fought and won that game down 20 points at halftime. And Kirk Cousins, by the way, Congratulations. That is Kirk Cousins' first ever fourth quarter comeback win as a Minnesota Viking. Legit props to Kirk Cousins down the stretch for his big boy performance. And Stefan Diggs, although the complaining he did on the sidelines paid off, but I actually, you're going to run into games like this. You're going to have these the week before the bye, you're going to have these trap games. That's what happened in the first half. But to step up to not lose the game like he did to Buffalo last year, they've checked two pretty key boxes the last two weeks. Dallas last week, winning team, primetime, road game, check. I get that it's Denver. You should have blown them out. They were a 10-point favorite. But fourth quarter comeback, Kirk Cousins puts the team on his back, check. I actually think more highly of the Vikings now, Manny Hill, than I did three hours ago, despite how train wrecky the majority of that game was. What are your thoughts? It was uh, It was basically two completely different football games. In, uh, in between the first half and the second half. I mean, Kirk Cousins was 
a different quarterback. He played it much smarter in the second half. He threw to his best target. He threw to Stephon Diggs yes. in the second half. Stephon Diggs, five targets, five catches, a buck 21, and a touchdown to uh, in, in the second half, all in the second half. So, I mean, it was uh, it was a remarkable turnaround. The defense, I mean, they were much better in the second half than they were in the first half. Things got very, very dicey there at the end. They uh, had to make a couple of plays to keep Denver out of the end zone. Um, and uh, they held on and won. I mean, it was not certainly not the way they drew it up. But I think you just have to you have to take this win and you have to go into the bye and get ready for Seattle in two weeks. I mean, it was uh, that first half was ugly, man. It was it was about as bad a football as we've seen this team play all year. And they flipped the script in the second half. So so props to them for that. What a win. And they it, and it was and we're going to go over all the horrific things from that game. The fact that the defense is making it making it a sweat against Brandon Allen at home yeah. is not ideal. Uh, but just to go back to what we set off the top here, and then we'll take a slew of phone calls here. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Last week you checked a major box road game winning opponent prime time. You checked the box this week. I get that it was terrible. You fall down twenty points to a team you shouldn't be down by twenty points to, but Kirk Cousins. Puts the team on his back in the second half. I've been calling for this all season long. All season long. It's not too much to ask that when things are not going well, when your defense isn't playing well enough, when your offensive line's not playing well enough, and you fall behind, sometimes the guy that makes $27 million and the guy that plays the most important position in professional sports, which is football quarterback, Mm -hmm. sometimes that guy just has to say, screw it. I'm going to throw for 300-plus yards and a bunch of touchdowns. I'm going to find my best receiver down the field in Stephon Diggs. And Kirk Cousins, to his credit, did that in the second half today. 319 yards total, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, even though it wasn't as flawless as that stat line would suggest, Kirk Cousins deserves major props for his first-ever fourth-quarter comeback win as a Minnesota Viking. Manny Hill, let's get to the phone lines here. Mm-hmm. Let's go to... Matt in Maplewood, you are on Vikings Vet Line. Fire away. Matt, you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. Go ahead, Matt. You're first up, man. Oh, first up. Sweet. But wow. Absolutely wow. Did I just go through a roller coaster of emotions during that game? <laughs> yes. I, lit- I literally turned the TV off and stormed back into my room after the first half. I could not take it. But wow, did the defense step off? Even though our secondary is, I almost want to say, as bad as the Eagles. Like, that first half, oh, my gosh. But Kirk Cousins, that's my guy. (laughs) I believe in him now, I want to say. Um, It was great, great win. Um, I'm going to let you guys fire away. That was just awesome. I just want to give props to the Vikings for pulling up an upset like that. Also, I don't know if you guys saw it, but we're, like, the first team in, like, the last five seasons to win after, like, 20-plus point deficit after the half. That's kind of cool. It was. Yeah, Matt and Maplewood, uh, pure emotion from Matt and Maplewood there. <laughs> and yeah, the number that they flashed on the screen, teams are in the last few years, teams are 0 and 99 when trailing by 20 points or more at halftime. And now teams are 1 and 99 when trailing by that many. Anton in Florida, you're on Vikings Vet Line. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. What do you think? Well, uh, I got a few things. First of all, like the first half seemed like a complete meltdown to me and uh, I almost stopped watching at halftime, but I'm glad I 
definitely kept watching. I got two things really. I think Cousins really showed something today. Um, this is really what we wanted to see from him. Like, they shut Cook down. He wasn't able to do anything. He was getting pressured all day, sacked four times, a bunch of pressure. And he really put it on himself. And he uh, really, I thought, had a phenomenal game, especially in the second half. And uh, the other thing I really wanted to mention was uh, I really am not happy with either of our kick returners. Like, can we bring back Cheryl's or something? Because Abdullah has this fumbling history that, you know, it just has me on pins and needles all season long, waiting for the fumble, and here it happened in a horrible time. And then Hughes, uh, he just seems slow as a returner to me. He's kind of, you know, I know he's not a slow person, but he seems slow returning the ball. And on top of that, I hate when he does the fair catches, and then he still runs like 10 and 15 yards forward before catching the ball. You know, that's exactly what happened on the fumble. You know, Cheryl seems to get right under him and catch him. And that's pretty much what I had. All right. Thank you uh, for that phone call. And uh, Marcus Cheryl's will not be coming back here. He is a member of the Miami Dolphins right now. Boy, he found a new <laughs> found a new gal. Marcus Cheryl's. <laughs> I love how like the, the Vikings broke up with Marcus Cheryl's and he was still single a few weeks ago. And they're like, all right, let's let's try this again. But now he, he, he found a new gal. Uh, four total fumbles for the Vikings today. Two by Mike yeah. Hughes and one by Amir Abdullah. Not ideal. Yeah, that uh, that is something they're going to have to clean up because you know you go you do that on the road in Seattle in two weeks you're done. I mean the 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 break that the Vikings got today was that they were down big, um, but they were able to come back because Brandon Allen was the opposing quarterback. You can't fall down twenty to nothing in in Seattle two weeks from now. No, if you th- do that in Seattle two weeks from now, you're done. But that's sort of the that's sort of the beauty. I mean, the, the, saying the word beauty out loud when referring <laughs> to this game is also feels a little bit dirty. But the Vikings, through mostly self inflicted wounds, fell behind by three touchdowns. Yeah, probably shouldn't have won the game. And the fact that they did win the game, and so no matter what. No matter how it looked, no matter how bad it was, they won the game and they get two weeks plus a day because it's a Monday night game to prepare for Seattle mm-hmm. to maybe get Adam Thielen back in the mix. Now, Harrison, Harrison Smith was ruled out with a hamstring injury today, so those are going to be things to evaluate. But this, in, in a lot of ways, this almost feels like how the, like a house money win just based on the way the first half played out, which sounds ridiculous because they were 10-point favorites going into the game. But <laughs> let's go to Jeff in St. Louis Park. You're on Vikings Ventline, Phil Mackey and Manny Hill. Oh, man, I am. my hands are still trembling after that game. That was, <laughs> I was, you know, I, I, when they were down 20-0, to zero, I was kind of like, okay, well, at least they're making this, this quick. Like, they'll be out of it. But then they had a great drive to open the second half. And, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the best comeback wins I've ever seen from the Vikings, who don't historically have a lot. Um, I'm, I'm torn on how to look at it, because I agree with you, Phil. You could look at it in the positive and say, hey, this team really stepped up. I mean, every year, it seems, they have one of these games, where whether it was the Colts game in 2016, the Buffalo game last year, where they come off a big win on the road, they have maybe a big opponent looking ahead or a bye week, and they start to look ahead, and they take a team for granted. And I was just like, God, it happened again. But to their credit, they said, no, we're not going to let that first half define us, and they rallied in the, in the second half. On the other hand, 
thank God it was Brandon Allen. Because if you're down 20 to zero, as you said, Manny, to Russell Wilson, I don't think you're coming back on him. I don't think Russell Wilson's only going to score three points in the second half. Uh, Jeff, your hands are trembling, but do you think you could at least uh, make it work to eat some popcorn? Because uh, uh, we we, we want to make you. Yeah, the... I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not the biggest popcorn fan, but my girlfriend loves it. Perfect, because uh, that makes you the popcorn call of the show, sponsored by Popcorn in Minnetonka. You can find them in the upper concourse of the stadium, section 325, at every Purple home game. Fresh popcorn available in six customer favorite. Uh, favorite flavors. Easy for me to say. So we're going to throw Jeff on hold there and hopefully he can he can be boyfriend of the year courtesy of popcorn. <laughs> Let's keep rolling with these phone calls here. Let's go to James in Apple Valley. Vikings win and people are sweating, but the Vikings are uh, going into the bye week with some nice momentum after that uh, second half, fourth quarter comeback. Go ahead, James. Hey, uh, great comeback. Um, I thought I really it was an impressive win. Uh, but for all the Kirk Cousin haters out there, look, he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he's a top 10 quarterback in this league right now. He's playing phenomenal. And what's sad to me is if the defense on one of those three plays down at the goal line there have allowed a TV to Brandon, what, what was his last name, Allen? He's one of 19 different quarterbacks in the NFL with the last name Allen, yes. <laughs> the, the narrative would have been, well, Kirk Cousins scored too fast and didn't give the defense a rest. So I'm sick and tired of this Kirk Cousins bashing. He's proved everything he needs to prove. Is he a Hall of Fame talent? No. Does he not respond to pressure well? No. But you know his limitations, and it's on the offensive play callers uh, to work around his limitations and get the production. Overall, great win. But, yeah, I think Vikings fans, I've heard it on this radio wave, they need to stop bashing Kirk Cousins. He is what he is, and he was pretty damn good today. James, thank you for the phone call. Manny, do you think... Just based on these last couple games in particular, last week against Dallas, and then this fourth quarter comeback by Cousins, do you feel like he is starting to either prove people wrong or, or, or let's just frame it this way, do you think he has reached a new level as a quarterback? And do you think he deserves to for us to say, listen, he's just a, those criticisms should be behind him at this point? No, I mean, listen, when Kirk Cousins plays well, we give him credit. When he plays poorly, we criticize him. That's how this works. He's 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 a he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, and he's making twenty eight million dollars a year on a fully guaranteed contract. He needs to play well in order for this team to get to where they need to be. And by the way, Kirk Cousins was brought in two years ago or two off seasons ago to help this team get over the hump of getting to the Super Bowl. That's why he was brought in here. So, I I mean, listen, it's he played he played well in the second half today and it's great and that's what they they needed him to do that in order for them to win. But every time like this 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 seems to be like a kind of a recurring thing, Phil, where every time Kirk Cousins plays well or puts up big numbers, we have to hear from Everybody that says, well, all the Kirk haters. Now, nobody hates Kirk Cousins. Nobody hates Kirk Cousins. Listen, I, I'm i 35 years old. You and I were about the same age. You're a year younger than me. But we're native Minnesotans. We've grown up cheering for this team, wanting this team to perform well. I want Kirk Cousins to perform well. He needs to perform well. I don't, I'm not, 
I don't hate Kirk Cousins. I don't, I'm not rooting for Kirk Cousins to fail. I want him to perform well. Because if he does not perform well, this team isn't going anywhere. He needs to perform well. And he needs to be held to a standard because of the position that he plays, the amount of money that he's making, and where this team is aspiring to go. He needs to play well. So when he doesn't play well, guess what? He's going to be criticized. And he should be. In the first half. Look look at what we talked about in the first half with him. They had a free play. The Broncos jump offside. They have a free play. And he dumps it off to C.J. Ham when... His wide receiver, his number one wide receiver target is streaking down the field, signaling, throw me the ball. We have a we have a free play. That can't happen. Now, Kirk did a great job in the second half, bouncing back, performing much better, and he led them to a victory. My hat goes off to him. Great. Congratulations. It's exactly what they needed to happen, and it happened. But like this, there there are still boxes that need to be checked with Kirk Cousins, too. Like, you like that? You like that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's where you like that came from. And good, look, good for Kirk. I'm glad he did that today because this team needed to win this game because, Phil, if they would have lost this game today, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, it would have it, it, it would have been, been bad, and and you it would have been bad. Yes, and, and you know what? If the Broncos would have scored there at the end of the game, you know who, who we'd be ripping right now? We'd be ripping the Vikings defense for letting Brandon yeah. Allen march down the, the way, field and score a game-winning touchdown. I, Nobody would have been ripping Kirk Cousins. The, the the Vikings defense deserves to be ripped, anyways. Win or lose after today, but to, to everything you're saying, I think it's fair to say the things that we've wanted more from Kirk Cousins. We're, they they weren't just narratives or made up criticisms. We wanted two things, okay? Because because for his entire career, he's been fantasy stats quarterback guy. Mm-hmm. But when the actual chips are on the table against winning teams, his record's terrible. Prime time, his record's terrible. Obviously, defense and offensive line play calling. There's other factors that contribute. But you are the most influential figure on your football team. Going back to Washington and here, fourth quarter comebacks, chips on the table. 0 for whatever, 0 for 10 or 0 for 11 as a Viking until these last couple weeks, and this is where he de- this is where he deserves a ton of praise. And I and like I saw the same things you did in the first half, mm-hmm. him dumping off to CJ Ham with, with with a free play. Like, dude, you can't Ridiculous. do that. Uh, last drive of the second quarter, all day to throw. Stefan Diggs wide open over the middle. He could step up. You could drive a truck through uh, the area where he could have stepped up, and he takes a bad sack. Right, like things like that drive you crazy. But. To his credit, he turned it around in the second half. He did, and that's what I'm asking for. I'm not asking. I'm not expecting perfect conditions all the time. I'm not expecting him to play perfectly all the time. What I am asking for is when there are more chips on the table against winning teams, when you're trailing in the fourth quarter, I need more. And he's yeah. given he's given all of us more in the last couple of weeks. Six five one six four six eight two five five. It's Mackie. It's Manny. And this is Vikings Vent Line on Score North. Let's go to who's been on hold the longest here. Looks like Ruben in New York. Ruben, what are your thoughts on this grinded out Vikings win from today? First off, I just want to say how utterly disappointed I am. I'm not getting a little bit more enthusiasm from that room. We came back from twenty. It was twenty points. If I can be, if I'm, if I think back correctly, yes, in halftime. And before that first half, I mean, at that first half, we did nothing. I mean, we did nothing 
offensively or defensively. It was almost reminiscent of last year's Bills game. It was almost a lot like that, to be completely honest with you. And I just want to ask you guys something. When's the last time you guys have seen Kirk Cousins fight, 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 fight to get us back into a game that we probably had no chance of coming back in? The last time I can think about it was last year against uh, Green Bay. You know what I mean? Where he fought and fought and fought. And I don't even, I'm not going to go into what happened, but you guys know. So, I mean, listen, we don't have Tom Brady. We don't have Patrick Mahomes. We don't have uh, Lamar Jackson. We don't have any of these characters. We have Kirk Cousins, who we knew before this season even started, before last season, before we signed him for all that money, we knew the kind of person he was, right? And I'm just very passionate about this. Thank God I'm as passionate as I am because I've he- I'm hearing all this negativity right now. Guys, we just fought our rear ends off. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, you know, I don't want to babble because I can do this for hours. <laughs> no, this is good. Let it out, hours. man. No, this is good. This is good, Ruben. I just, I just, I, listen, I am cursed with being a Vikings fan. You know what I mean? The guy, two phone calls back, said it himself. We're not known for these kind of things. These things don't happen. So when my boy is texting me talking all this trash, oh, the Broncos, the Broncos, and let me be very clear, I knew there was a good possibility that we were going to lose this game considering we got the bye and we got Seattle. It made more sense than whatever for us to lose this game, and guys, we won. Yes. Hey, Ruben, Ruben, thank you for the phone call. You're cutting out a little bit, but this was a great call. Keep calling back to Vikings Vent Line. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't think I, first of all, I think the first 20 minutes of the show have been largely positive and I guarantee there's going to be some people who call in who are pissed off about the majority of those three hours. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's just, there's a lot to unpack here and positive and negative. There's a lot of things to unpack here. Let's continue unpackng it with Sam in DC. Go ahead, Sam. You're on vent line. Hey, We're going to throw Sam back on hold, get some, some bad connections here, Sam. We'll keep you on hold. Try to find a better spot there so we can pick you up here. Miguel in Minneapolis. Hey, buddy. What up, Miguel? What's going down, y'all? Y'all seen me at, at the halftime. Man, it's horrible. But I'll just say this. I'll be quick today. Uh, the team, uh, they're winning. Of course, you, uh, we all know that's my nightmare. But let's let's just look at it this way. The, the thing that concerns me is if this is a playoff team, there's two things. One, it can turn you or it can make you happy, right? It can make you happy that you're out there and your team shows that they can win these tough, really close games. But what concerns me is the opponents, okay? It's the Dallas Cowboys and their coaching staff blew the game at the end. Four play calls Ezekiel Elliott, who had did nothing all game when you had Amari Cooper, who just couldn't even be guarded. You don't go one time there, all right? And with better quarterbacks, better teams, it gets tighter. So hopefully this team can keep their momentum Hopefully, uh, Kirk Cousins can continue to play well, but uh, that is concern for me. Looking forward for this team, if we're talking uh, down the road, playoff type scenarios now, and you still one game in a regular season winning. That's that's good uh, when we're talking about on the road against Dallas. But looking at this team, they may have to do two games on the road against playoff caliber teams. Uh, okay, he still he still has a lot to go. Let's. I mean, he still got a lot to go, just yeah. like Wiggins. I don't know. I don't know if Wiggins has a long way to go anymore, Miguel. <laughs> and that's coming. That, that's coming from a guy who's destroyed him for four years. <laughs> I'm with you. I ain't gonna go down that road, Mackie. You know me and you are the same boat with that guy. But I'm just saying, Kurt, if he can continue this, 
And, and and let's be honest, with Thielen being down really hurts. That can help up. That can help out. But uh, the, if you're going to be encouraged, what you, what I would like to be encouraged for is, is one thing: is that as, as the defense has been able to hold up on the on the uh, last two weeks um, when it's counted. But that pass defense is looking very scary, uh, much like when Brady came in here and passed all game on us, and then it was, the book was out. It's starting to look like that again. Yeah, the defense. Yeah, Miguel, awesome call. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon. Um, I just, I just want to reiterate: the, the, every team, every good team in the NFL has these little trapdoor games where you play a team you're favored by ten. Uh, the New Orleans Saints had one last week. They were favored by, I want to say, twelve or thirteen points over the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. and they lost. They fell behind. They tried to mount a comeback. They started to mount a comeback. And they lost. They fell into the trap. Same thing for the Vikings this week. Oh, man. It's the week before the bye. You're already thinking about going to visit your family early Thanksgiving. You're banged up. You've been grinding through training camp. And it's the Broncos. Should be a pretty easy win. And then you got the Seahawks on the other side. And you fall behind by 20. And most teams lose that game. The Vikings almost always lose that game. They lost the exact same game to the Buffalo Bills last year. Mm -hmm. But... The more I think about this, the fact that they came back and they won and Kirk Cousins won and completed a fourth quarter comeback. And I get that the defense is a disaster right now, but I think more highly of the Vikings right now than I did four hours ago, despite all of the bad things we could talk about. Because you're not going to play 16 perfect football games. You're just not. You're going to run into these situations where you, you just fall into a trap that you're supposed to lose. And they didn't. They didn't today, and I think I, I think we should make a major highlight of the fact that they did not lose this game today, and they are now eight and three. They're five and zero at home. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Phil Mackey, Manny Hill, Vikings vent line. We are going to go down to Florida. Ben in Florida, go ahead, man. Hey guys, uh, I'm not going to ramble too much, but I will say this: uh, Kirk Cousins got some fans in the fan club for that performance. I thought he showed some guts and some heart. Mike Zimmer, over the last two games, the Alex game showed you why the Vikings hired him six years ago. This first half showed you why sometimes people feel he should be fired. And the second half showed you why he was still a good hire uh, six years ago. Um, I still do not like the way the defense played. That, to me, that's just unacceptable for a defensive head coach. Speaking of defensive head coaches, I thought it was hilarious how Vic Fangio basically coached his team to that loss. Because that's just how I, that's just kind of what happened. Big Fangio coached his team to a loss. Mike Zimmer coached his team to a win. I'm so glad they have the bye because I cannot look at this team right now for at least, at least one week. So I'll see you guys in Seattle. Thank you for the phone call, Ben. Yeah, Vic Fangio, that, that weird challenge before the two minute warning, too. Yeah. What the hell was that guy doing today? And then trying to kick a field goal when um, they were up 20, or 23 to 20 and they, Kick the field goal and McManus missed the field goal. Yeah. I mean, I would have just gone for it on fourth down there and try and try and score a touchdown and, and put the game away at that point because kicking a field goal there only puts you up six. It doesn't do you any good. And even if McManus would have made that field goal, the Vikings went down and scored a touchdown to take the lead anyway. So yeah. it wouldn't have made any difference. So yeah, Vic Fangio. It's a good football name though. Name yeah, it's Vic a really good, really good defensive football Vic name. Too. Fangio. Vic Fangio. Yeah. He's one of the rare people you meet in life that that looks like his name sounds. <laughs> you know, he's but he's he's kind of Vic Fangio kind of strikes me as one of those 
kind of one of those old school guys, much like Mike Zimmer too. Same thing, defensive minded coach that you just you don't go it forward on fourth down. You kick, you take the points, you kick the field goal, and, and then you get fired. Yeah, and then you know the cost you your job. And now they're three and seven, and you know the Broncos have some issues. But yeah, I mean, listen, the Vikings they did what they needed to do today. They were down big, and they turned it around in the second half. And I'm glad they did because if they hadn't, if the Broncos would have walked out of U.S. Bank Stadium with a win, I mean, think about where this team would be at and how people would feel about this team right now. They'd be seven and four still tied, and they would have been tied in the loss column with a couple of wild card teams. Yep. So this was they they did what they needed to do, and I I think. Phil, I, I think it's good that they're heading into the bye week after this game because I think this is this sort of this extra week off is going to give them an opportunity to look at a lot of what went wrong in that first half and and really sort of throw that into the back burner, throw that in the garbage. Whatever happened in the first thirty minutes of the game today, throw that in the garbage and get themselves extra ready for Seattle because they're going to. It's nice that they came back and won today, and they didn't need to play well for 60 minutes to win today. They only needed to play well for 30, apparently. Um, But they're going to need to have to play well for much longer in two weeks at Seattle in order to win. Let's go back to the vent lines here. Vikings vent line on Score North and the Score North app. We appreciate you listening. And for those of you who are watching on our live video streams on Twitter, Facebook, and also on Twitch. You can follow us on Instagram, where we do Halftime Ventline. All of those platforms are at Score North, S-K-O-R North. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. And uh, Sam in D.C., hopefully your phone connection is good. Uh, the platform is yours. Sam in D.C. Sam in D.C. Dang. All right, got to say bye to Sam in D.C. Sam in D.C. usually calls a lot. He's usually got a pretty good phone connection. How about Kyler in Oklahoma? I thought you were playing right now. <laughs> no. Uh, how you guys doing today? Good, man. Good. How are you? Oh, what a game. What a game. My heart was pounding there at the end. Uh, the first half was about as bad as it can get. I mean, that was pretty much what not to do decision-wise and play calling on offense. I mean, lots of check downs, not a lot of play action, and... That's what it's been like all season when we do that. It's no point. In the second half, we come back to the play action. We put a lot of numbers up. Kirk looks pretty impressive. A lot of shots downfield. And score four touchdowns. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kyler, thank you for the phone call, man. Um, also, one thing we haven't dove into in the first 30 minutes of the show, Stefan Diggs, I'm, I'm torn between Stefan Diggs spent most of the game complaining and yelling and screaming on the sidelines and <laughs> and even on the field every time he didn't get the ball he would sort of like wave his hands and uh Stefan Diggs was in was in full Stefan Diggs mode today. Yeah. I don't disagree with him when you have Adam Thielen out and they've kind of bottled up Dalvin Cook. You got to take some shots to Stefan Diggs when you're down by a bunch of points and have to. eventually they did. He finishes with five catches for 121 yards. In a touchdown, but it took them an hour of real time before they targeted their most explosive weapon in the passing game. Yeah. So I get I'm torn because I get why he was mad and I, I do agree with his sentiment, but I don't think being that demonstrative and upset during the game is the most productive way to well, to get the team to where it needs to be, which is a win. But maybe I'm wrong because well, obviously it did. So well, because well, think about it too. I mean, he disappears and doesn't show up for practice and you know, normally on the surface, you think, okay, that's not very professional, but 
it ignited them to four straight wins and the offense playing much better and the quarterback playing much better. Yeah. And then today he's we saw a couple of tweets from, you know, Matthew Collar and Sam Ekstrom and Courtney Cronin who were all at the game covering it saying, you know, Diggs is He's, you know, he's walking up and down the sideline on the bench, you know, just he's visibly upset. He's, you know, animated and he's doing all these things. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I think when you when you sleepwalk through a first half the way the Vikings did and you're down 20 to nothing, sometimes it just takes a player or a coach or somebody to just throw some jumper cables on to the rest of the team and say look come on what 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 the hell is going on here you know let's give me the ball like if 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 we're going to just check down and miss tackles and commit dumb penalties okay well damn it give me the ball so you know i can make something happen here and that might be a little egotistical on on stefan's part it might be you know not the perfect way to do it but Sometimes that's just that's just the way you have to do it in order to get the team going. And, you know, between him walking out or not showing up to practice a month and a half ago to to this now, I mean, for some reason, whatever Stefan Diggs does, his antics, whatever, it, it, it seems to pay off for this team. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the vent lines here. We are international on today's show because we're going to Sweden. Phil in Sweden. What's happening? Hey. How's it going, guys? Um, so, a couple of things. So, it's uh, 10 to 11 right now here, and I'm still at work because I'm writing my dissertation. Um, and I don't need more stress, and yet I'm watching the Vikings. <laughs> uh, so, so, no, but I, have, I want you to write this down. Uh, this is a write-this-down prediction. Um, Zimmer is going to fix that defense after the bye. Last year, the defense was really worrying until the bye. Zimmer fixed the defense, and it, and it went under the radar. Like, we didn't talk that much about it, but he fixed that defense. And I, I, today, I mean, think about it, man. Sutton played ridiculous. The, the catches he made when he was covered, so many times they were threading that needle. It was incredible, incredible performance. So I think, like, you can't. The defense is worrying, and it has been worrying, the secondary especially. But I think that uh, they're going to get that fixed. I think that, uh, that Zimmer uh, will get that fixed. I don't know. I still trust the guy after all this time. So Yeah. I uh, mean, that's – Phil, thank you for the phone call uh, all the way from Sweden. Um, I mean, that's what you have to hope for is that you get you get two weeks and a day. The extra day, too, is is important because these guys work like – it's like an extra 20 hours for these guys. They work like 20 hours a day. Yeah. I mean, they're going to go back to the drawing board and try to figure out Mike Zimmer. Okay, Xavier Rhodes, God bless you. I just Yeah, I don't know if there's a whole lot to be fixed there, Phil, to be honest with you, with him. And maybe the fix is he just doesn't play as often. Yeah. I mean, because – you know, it, he he's when you can't. You know, the, the caller brought this up a couple of weeks ago. The Vikings' defense, what made them so good, and what made them one of the elite defenses in the league, is that Xavier Rhodes could be left alone on an island and take care of one side of the football field, and you didn't. And Mike Zimmer and George Edwards and those guys didn't have to even worry about that side of the field. They knew it was going to be taken care of. 
But Xavier Rhodes is not that guy anymore. And when you have to constantly give him help over the top, then you're not able to provide as much help for Mike Hughes on the other side, Trey Wayne's on the other side. And those are the guys that that need that help. Like they need they need that help over the top. They need safety help over the top. And it, I just I, I think Xavier Rhodes not being that guy he was two years ago, and, and I don't know at this stage at twenty nine years old if if you can reignite that at all because it's just I mean, it's been like this really dating back to last year with him and it's and it's not it hasn't gotten any better. It hasn't it hasn't improved at all. And I think this is just kind of who Xavier Rhodes is. He's not a shutdown corner anymore. He's not a number one corner. And he's going to give up plays. He's going to miss tackles because he's just not the same guy anymore. Rather, it's because he's dealt with some injuries or if he's just gotten older and he's lost a step. I mean, it might be one of those things or all of those things, but he's I just don't know if there's a lot that can be fixed there. And it's going to have to be the only way you're going to have to fix that is you're just going to have to play him less snaps and hope that you put in Holton Hill a little bit more often and Holton Hill can be can be a little bit better. That's that's the only thing you can really hope for, I think, at that point. Yeah. By the way, for the radio crowd, you're listening to Score North on AM 1500 KSTP, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. And we appreciate everyone tuning into Vikings Ventline here. And by the way, if you're new to Vikings Ventline, you can also find it via podcast. And it's also a five-day-a-week show live at 10 a.m. on days after Vikings games on Score North and the Score North app. And also 11 o'clock start time, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, and our mobile app is free to download. Whether you have an Apple device or an Android device, just go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. And uh, you can listen live to Score North. You can listen on demand to one of our many different Minnesota sports podcasts. And uh, you can also read great articles from writers like Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham. There's a new show in town here in the Twin Cities. We are Score North, Minnesota sports, anytime, anywhere. Let's go back to the vent lines here. Let's go to Ken in Illinois. Ken, Vikings pull out a 27-23 comeback win over the Denver Broncos. Well, I just want to first of all say I love you guys. I listen to you in podcast form all the time. And I got two observations that I want to make. Right on. And both of them are about that have reference to movies. So the first one is from Dumb and Dumber, where I felt like at the way they played in that first half, they came back and totally redeemed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay? And now the other one is a little bit more obscure, and I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Aliens, but had like Bill Paxton, Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Love the movie. One of my favorites. All right. Then, Manny, you're going to remember, hopefully you remember this part. There's a part in that movie where Bill Paxton says to somebody else in it, I don't know, and this is in reference to when Zimmer... Uh, coming out of halftime said that they need to run the ball more or run the ball again. What? You're down 20 to nothing. Why are you going to be wanting to run the ball? But so I was thinking, and I'd tell the Zimmer. I think I know where hey, you're going with this. I don't think you've been keeping up on current events, pal, but we're getting our asses kicked kid. right yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where I knew you were going with that one, yeah. Right, exactly. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Are you <laughs> kidding me? But, you know, uh, 
I, I love you guys' show, and I'm happy that the Vikings won. And my wife says at halftime, do you want to leave and come with me to go shopping? I says, no, I have to sit here and watch this debacle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Ken, and you know, you, you, by the way, you know you found a keeper when she gives you the option when it's 20 to nothing in that spot. <laughs> she gave you the option, all right? <laughs> well, Mac, you don't know if you remember this, but uh, during the Minneapolis Miracle, I called you guys up, you and Judd, and I was telling you the story about uh, the girl who wanted me to turn the game back on, and I broke up with her on Valentine's Day. That's right. I, at the restaurant. <laughs> I do remember that. Ken, you are, a, you are a savage, my friend. You are a savage. <laughs> so, yes, I found the right one. But, uh, you know, Skull Vikings, and you guys have a good thing, and I'll keep listening to you. Right on, man. And rest in peace, Bill Paxton, too. That's, uh, that's a great... I, I love when people make... Movie references when they call Aliens is a great movie. It's one of my favorites. Let's go down to Burnsville, where Mike is next up on Vikings Vent Line. Hey guys, I I literally remembered why I hated Andrews and Dale when he was on the Vikings before, and when when I heard they re-signed him, I I, I literally pissed my pants. But <laughs> <laughs> how about that fourth down play at the goal line? Hey Andrew, instead of trying to rip the ball out of the guy's hands. Pitch in on the tackle. He, they would have had. He would have not got in the end zone. I watched that play again. It, the guy is just amazing. And do, here's another thing about our secondary. Do the Vikings realize there's not a penalty for looking back for the ball? Yeah. And I have watched a lot of football in my life. Have you ever seen a team secondary that even when they're in position to make a play and just get a simple damn arm or hand on the ball? <laughs> the catch is always made. Yeah, there were two huge plays. One of them was the uh, the wide receiver uh, reverse pass, and Trey Waynes was right there, step yeah. for step, and he had a hand up, but he wasn't looking. He's always right That's, there, and yeah, all he yeah. has to do is knock the ball down, and it's it's just amazing. It, um, the other thing is I, I ditched at halftime and watched uh, three episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the greatest show in the history of television, next to The Sopranos. Wait, so you didn't even watch the second half? I turned it back as Rudolph was... The third episode ended as on season two. I've seen them all, and I liked that season. And Rudolph was walking into the end zone. That's how I do it. When the Vikings are playing like they did in the first half, I, I can't subject myself to it. And then every half hour, except I watched three episodes this time... I check back and see what the score is. If they're still getting bludgeoned, I didn't have to watch it. And if they come back, I'm so happy because now I'm actually get to watch football the rest of the day. I can't watch football on the days. Mike, you you could make a case that the first half of that game was definitely an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, (laughs) you make a case. Be the most genius show ever created. (laughs) It's a top fiver for sure. All right, guys. Thanks for the phone call, Mike. We appreciate it. Let's keep going here. We're live, and we've been commercial-free for, what's my math, 42 minutes so far. It's Vikings Vet Line on Score North, and we have two open phone lines right now. The early rush has kind of subsided, so if, if you've been listening and you've gotten the busy signals, we have two open phone lines right now, 651-646-8255. Ray in Chicago. What's happening, Ray? Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, long time, Long time listener, first time. I felt the urge to call in. Awesome. Uh, welcome to so, the, uh, welcome to score North, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Um, so I guess two things, um, there's great come from behind win and being a Vikings fan, I feel like that's pretty rare. Um, but really to kind of look at, 
I feel like criticism, like our secondary is pretty awful. And, uh, I sh- I know we, like you guys have talked about Xavier Rhodes. Like, can we, can we figure out what to do with this guy? Um, and then second point, uh, looking at kind of, um, where we're going to go long-term. Like, I hope that caller from Sweden's right and they figure out what to do with the secondary, but can you, can you imagine like, going up against a team like Baltimore or something like that with, with this defense. Like, I feel like of, of this team, um, the offense is a lot more, has been more underrated, but the defense is way more overrated and um, it's kind of getting exposed. But yeah. Anyway, thanks, thanks guys. Yeah, um, Ray, I think, I think it's fair to say that the ship has sailed, barring some amazing bi-week tweaks to this defense. You just, like Xavier Rhodes is not the same guy he was three years ago. You're, you're, the He's ship has not. sailed on having the best defense or a top three defense in the NFL. Yep. I still think I still think in the second half of the season, they can have the seventh best defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so the key is going to be, it's the it's the defense to to quarterback ratio, right? To me, and I get there's, there's more components here, but how good can Kirk Cousins be? Can he yep. continue to win against winning teams like last week? Can he continue, if needed, to to pull rabbits out of his hat in the fourth quarter when they're trailing by double digits. And if he can be a little, I'm not asking him to be Tom Brady. Doesn't need to be Tom Brady, but if he can just be a little more of that guy, just a little more of that guy when when the chips are on the table, this defense doesn't have to be the number one defense in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, people, I, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a certain group of folks that, get upset when we criticize Kirk Cousins when he doesn't perform well. And they want us to give him praise when he does perform well, which we do often. But the the way, with what we've learned now from this team, with Kirk Cousins overall playing very well for the last month and a half, probably save for the Kansas City game, this this team, the way this team is going to win is they're going to have to win with their offense. And they're going to have to hope that their defense can do enough to not completely fall. Let this team fall off the rails. That's that's how this team is going to have to win games. If they get into the playoffs, guess what? Kirk Cousins is going to have to he's going to have to perform well in the postseason. I mean, it's you know you're you're paying the guy twenty eight million dollars a year. This is why you brought him in so that he can play well in the in in the postseason. So that if your defense is not as good as it was two years ago, that you have a quarterback that can step up in a big stage in the postseason and and lead you to a victory. That's yeah. that's just the way they're gonna. That's it's the way they're they're gonna have to do things. It is what it is. Some house cleaning items here, just to go through just some of these numbers. So the Vikings win this game twenty-seven to twenty-three. They outscore the Broncos twenty to nothing. In the fourth quarter. Huge. They scored on every possession in the second half. Huge. And according to Courtney Cronin, ESPN, and, and uh, uh, one of the contributors on Purple Daily on Tuesdays, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, the Vikings are the first team in the last 40 seasons to score on every second half possession and win after trailing by 20 points at the half. So what we saw today, Huge. albeit was just a clunker of a disaster in the first half, turned out to actually be... An historic comeback in the second half, largely thanks in part to Kirk Cousins. Uh, not in part, largely thanks to Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. 29 of 35, 319, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and totally redeemed himself 
after the Vikings put up their clunkiest of first halves of the entire season. And specifically, Kirk Cousins' second half numbers, Phil, 18 of 23, 261, three touchdowns. Wow. Massive. Yep. That's, uh, you know, it's he doesn't need to do that in the second half of every single game. But once but in a while. Once, once in a while, while that's that's what it's going to take. You know, it's funny, like, and we'll, and, and we'll do this again tomorrow. So Score North Live uh, is right after Vikings Ventline at noon every day on Score North. And I remember last week, Rami and I got into a bit of an argument about Kirk Cousins. He's like, dude, you're you're asking too much. You're asking too much. He's not that type of a guy. Okay, if Ryan Tannehill has four fourth-quarter comebacks in the last year and a half, Ryan Tannehill, you're telling me Kirk can't even be Ryan Tannehill in the fourth quarter? No one's asking him to be Drew Brees or Tom Brady, but you know what? Today, he showed up when when the team is sort of crumbling and the defense is giving up a bunch of yards to Brandon Bleep and Allen, and the offensive line's not perfect, and Dalvin Cook is bottled up. You just need your $27 million quarterback to say, guys, this one's on me. I'm going to take us where we need to go in the second half in the fourth quarter, and he did today. And my argument with that, too, has always been, okay, well, if Kirk Cousins is not that guy and he's never going to be that guy, why the hell is he here? And why the hell is he making twenty eight million dollars a year? Yeah, and you know what? Today he can he can sleep well on that. Yeah. So what's what's the mattress company sleep number? He can sleep well on his sleep number, <laughs> eating yes. his pizza ranch, and he can feel good about cashing that paycheck. Bob in Pennsylvania, you son of a gun! What's happening? Big win by the bikes today, baby! All right, here's what I did at halftime. Yeah. Went out. Bought a case of Heineken, and here's why. Because I said, look, we're going to see what Kirk Cousins is made out made out of. And Captain Kirk delivered the package, baby. When he had to roll out on that naked boot to throw that touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph, after that play has been stopped the whole game, he, he trusted his mechanics. And his instinct, they went back to it, took the lead, and never saw, and, and went to victory. Now, you like the that? why we won you the like game that? because later and on that last drive, when Denver was uh, ready to go ahead, under a minute, inside the 20, inside the 30, I don't know where it was. Did you notice what we did on defense? We flooded the, the uh, Xavier Rhodes side with the, with with uh, corners, yeah. safeties, I don't even Xavier, Xavier was he in the slot. a lot of guys on his side, yep. and we, because he was looking at him the whole game, because Rhodes can't cover his grandmother. So, and I think those are the two reasons why we won this game, because Captain Kirk came back, you know, something that we are not used to as Vikings fans. We've been waiting decades for this, for our quarterback, and it's, it's, it's really nice to see that. And I'll tell you what. I have one word to say. Well, after I, you know, have my case of beer and I'm drinking to that victory, is skull, baby. You like that? You like that? Bob, enjoy the rest Yo. of your night, man. Enjoy the rest oh, of your take night. It easy. All right, see ya. That's Bob in Pennsylvania. I love Bob. One of he's one of the, the best, best, man. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> Let's see here. We got to squeeze in a break at some point, but bleep it. Let's just keep going for a while. Byron in D.C., Vikings beat the Broncos in what we can call is an historic comeback because it's been, it's the first time in the last 40 seasons a team scored on every possession 
of the second half to complete a 20-point comeback, and they needed all of those. Against one of the best defenses in the NFL, too, by yeah, the way. It's like the, it's like, I would say it's like the fourth or fifth best defense when you look at some of the numbers. Go mm-hmm. ahead, Byron. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say, as a Vikings fan, whew, I got to do a woosah, man, because, I mean, every time <laughs> they always put us through something. But I got to give a big shout-out to uh, Javon Curse. I know he might have been struggling a little bit in the beginning, but he came in for Harrison Smith. And he made some big bat downs at the end of the game because I just knew we were going to give up a score. But we didn't. We prevailed. And I just want to say, score, baby. I'm optimistic about the season. Hope we can keep on winning. And I just want to give some optimism out to all the all the Vikings fans out there. Hey, Byron, before you hang up, let me ask you this. All right. When, when Denver had the ball inside the five-yard line or whatever it was with, like, three plays to run, yep. percent chance in your mind the Vikings were going to win at that point? I thought it was about 25%. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might have said lower. <laughs> 25. Yeah. yeah. But they pulled it off, man. Thanks for the phone yeah, we call. pulled it off. All right. Appreciate it. That's Byron in D.C. Let's go to uh, let's go to Blaine here. Ted and Blaine. Hey, Ted. How are you guys doing? Good. We're fired up, man. I think we were we were preparing for about two hours to do the, the Vikings burial show, and then they, they turned it around in the second half, and it's a little more celebratory now. You know, it's just amazing to me. I have the same exact sentiment as a lot of the other callers coming in with Rhodes and even Trey Waynes. Trey made a couple good plays at the end of the game there, but exactly what everybody else said. They never they never turn around and look for the ball. And that's the key, not getting pass interference. The other thought I have is that, you know, the defense has been together for many, many years. And I don't understand how in the world, with four minutes of the game left, they can allow them to march down to the five-yard line and just hang on by a string. As far as Kirk Cousins go, I think he's a good quarterback if given time. So I'll let it go back to you guys. Thank you. Yes, that's a good phone call, Ted. I think uh, I think it's well stated. Let's just keep going through some calls here. Kurt in Minneapolis, you're on Ventline. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. I, I just have never felt so weird in a victory. First of all, my 17-year-old <laughs> son. My 17-year-old son, McCoy, is at his first game at U.S. Bank Stadium. I've taken him to a game at the Metrodome. Um, but he's there. And I want to win so bad. But it's, it goes to kind of the meme of last week or the comments of last week. is it, It's just okay to go out and really put a team down, you know, because you're supposed to. I'm happy to be 8-3. and three. This just feels so weird. And one final thing, I think I – we'll have to watch this over again. I think I watched Andrew Sendejo on that fourth and one where that fullback, I can't remember his name, drove for a touchdown. I think he was complaining while that fullback was driving for a touchdown. He was complaining how it wasn't a touchdown and not going to be a touchdown. And throwing up his arms that it wasn't a touchdown while that guy's driving his legs through the end zone line. All he had to do was pick up an ankle. He's standing there complaining about it not being a touchdown in real time when it wasn't a touchdown, but at the time he was scoring a touchdown. Yeah. It was just bizarre. I don't know about him. Peaks and Dejo. Peaks and Dejo. <laughs> yep, Kurt, thanks for the phone call, man. Peak, peak Andrew Sandejo, and, you know, there's we've had a couple calls on Trey Waynes now, too, about him not turning around to make a play on the ball. That has been, that is Trey Waynes' career in a nutshell. Trey Waynes is not a bad football player. He's actually a really good tackler. He's good against the run. And very rarely do you ever see Trey Waynes just get burned on a play because he has the physical ability to keep up with almost any receiver in the NFL not named Tyreek Hill. But his problem has always been 
you know, early on, Phil, it was always he would get too handsy. He would, he would, there would be too much contact on the receiver. He, he'd get called for PI. Now it's just he's in position a lot, but he just, for whatever reason, he just doesn't know how to make a play on the ball. He's always there, but he just can't seem to make a play on the ball for whatever reason. It's been like that with Trey Wayne's his entire career. Yeah. It's really mind boggling. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think there's, there are a lot of conversations to be had about, okay, what, what to expect from this defense in the second half of the season. And I think I need to see, I, I almost just throw a lot of things out. They just looked lethargic today. They just looked like they were ready yeah. for a bye week and they got, they got away with it by coming back and winning the game. And I think the Seattle game in almost every way imaginable is going to be the test to see, okay, what kind of a team is this? Because now, now we're into November. Okay. The things that you did in September and October were just to put you in a position to do things in November, December, and January. And that Seattle game is going to tell us a lot. And by the time we get to that game, we're going to be into December. Mm-hmm. And so that that's when that's when the Patriots build their dynasty, right? That's when the Steelers uh, rack up wins, not necessarily this season, but usually when Ben Roethlisberger was in his prime. That's when teams like the Ravens get hot. And Seattle is going to tell us a lot about the Vikings' defense. It's going to tell us a lot about Kirk Cousins' December going into January. And uh, we'll get to check even more boxes. We have to squeeze in a quick break here. It's our final break and only break of Vikings Vent Line. And when we get back, we have full phone lines right now. Derek, Josh, Roger, Kevin, Austin. We'll take all of your calls. And if those guys jump off, 651-646-8255. Vikings come back, score 20 points unanswered in the fourth quarter to improve to 8-3 and three with a 27-23 win over the Denver Broncos. This is Vikings Vent Line on Score North and the Score North app. I'm Phil Mackey, Manny Hill back in just... Third and two, time for Cousins, going deep. He's got Diggs! That's a touchdown! What a play! Diggs got it 54 yards! First and ten, it's Cousin. And he'll throw, and he's got Rudolph. And he's got an open path to the end zone. Minnesota's got their first lead on a 36-yard touchdown pass. Cousins to Rudolph. Vikings vent line on Score North. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. This is the post-game edition, obviously. You can find the five-day-a-week edition as well on Score North, AM 1500, live.scorenorth.com, and the Score North app. 10 a.m. the day after Vikings games and 11 a.m. Tuesday through Friday. Very quickly, could you play that first yes, highlight coming it. back again? What happened to Kevin Harlan on this one? I think he just had a moment. Third and two, time for Cousins, going deep, he's got Diggs! That's a touchdown, what a play! Diggs got it 54 yards! At first I thought our TV feed glitched or something. Was it Was it a Kevin Harlan glitch? <laughs> I think it was, yeah. I love Kevin Harlan. He's, he's so best. good. He's the best. He, uh, he short-circuited there a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, let's let's rifle through some more calls here. The, if you've missed the first hour of the show, Vikings win 27-23. Uh, Kirk Cousins with his first ever fourth-quarter comeback win as a Minnesota Viking. Yes, his first fourth-quarter comeback win uh, halfway through his second season. And that's been a major sticking point. It's, it's, it's a thing. Like, you should be able to take your team. And, and, and now he's done it a couple times, and the defense gave it back, so... He doesn't get uh, the whole narrative dumped in his lap. But today, he stepped up. The team needed him to just put everyone on his back. And he made a bunch of big boy throws. He got Stefan Diggs more involved. He found Kyle Rudolph on that big play. And the Vikings escape 8-3 going into the bye week and 5-0 at home. 
Let's go to Josh in Grand Forks. Josh, you're on Ventline. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. We're having fun. Yeah, you know, and you know what? A win's a win. I'll take it. Doesn't matter how it goes. What are your thoughts overall after? Uh, um, are you more Are you more upset about the way the game started or happy the way the game ended? Uh, honestly, uh, I'm indifferent. I've been a Vikings fan long enough not to get too excited, so... Uh, I'll just take the win and walk away and be eight and three instead of seven and four. Yeah. And I'll be happy with that. The things that I wanted to say were like, I, I could rant like everyone else did about Trey Waynes and Rhodes, but overall, I love the fact that it's at the halftime, we made decisions and we corrected things. So that shows like your team actually can adapt and change. Um, literally, the other thing was, um, I'm kind of confused. Why did Zimmer struggle with young quarterbacks or backups? And uh, I'll just hang up and listen after I'm done because I only got like like one more. Um, and this is kind of a fun one. You guys will have to redo the whole uh, rank the tank because Atlanta just blew that all up again. So, uh, yeah. Josh, thank you for uh, for the phone call. Um, what, what about Atlanta? Uh, all the the rank the tank thing we've on Vikings vent line during the week. Uh, Danny does his uh, rank the tank. Got it every okay. week, and uh, the Miami Dolphins have completely fallen out of Danny's rankings for rank the tank because they've won a couple of games in a row. Well, they lost today, but um, lost to a Buffalo team that's playing much uh, that's not as good as the record shows. But um, yeah, and Atlanta had been abysmal for like really all season. <laughs> and uh the last couple of weeks they went into New Orleans and won and then uh then, then they beat Carolina today. So Yeah, that's a bit on the road today. Yeah. Atlanta's the type of team that could actually rifle off like five straight wins and get back into well, the wild card mix too, but they they're got, probably too far far gone. Well, they got they got one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and a former MVP at quarterback too. So that that that's going to happen with them once in a while. Uh Roger on the other side of the border in Wisconsin. You're on Ventline with Mackie and Manny. Mackie and Manny, good afternoon to you. Hey, Roger. I got a couple things for you. Um, Trey Waynes, he uh, struggled in the first half of the game with some uh, long completions. But uh, on a third and short, uh, he made an outstanding play to throw the uh, uh, runner for about a four or five-yard loss, which led to a punt, which led to the uh, winning touchdown. And then on Denver's second-to-last play, <clears throat> I think in the red zone, the Vikings defensive backs are coached not to look look back. They're coached to look at the hands of the receiver. And when those hands of the receiver go up, they are, they are coached to get their arm between those hands, go up, and then rake down. And Waynes was picture-perfect technique-wise. That's why that pass wasn't completed. Uh... uh on Denver's, uh, when they're inside the five-yard line. Now, Denver very well could have run the ball with two seconds left. And I was almost, I almost thought they might do that. But, of course, they, uh, they did what they did. So, if there's one thing that Zimmer and his defensive coaches have to, uh, address, I think, during the bye is their first down run defense. I mean, how many times was it second and short today? And last week against Dallas, too, I think it was, a lot of first down uh, runs uh, that put him in se- uh, the other team in second and short. But you know, Al- as Al Davis used to say, "Just win, baby." The Vikings have won again. 
Raid three going into the bye. They got some people mixed up. Uh, but the, the season is going great. And kudos to Kurt Cousins for having an outstanding second half. He's been he's been great this year. He's had a couple games when he's not been good, but he's having a career year. And let's just ride the wave. Yeah. All right. That's a great phone call from Roger. And I think he's right. I think this is probably the best season of Kirk Cousins' career, too. Oh, to no question. Point. No question. Let's go to Kevin and Ham Lake. Hey, boys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, man. Can you say what a bizarre game? I mean, <laughs> yes. it was just bizarre from start to finish. We had Kirk Cousins. We had bad Kirk Cousins for the first half. He held the ball. He fumbled. He got sacked. Bad Kirk Cousins. Everything that was bad about Kirk Cousins was there in the first half. Second half, he came out like a gunslinger. Threw the ball well, made great plays. I've never seen that out of him like that. It was bizarre. I'm one to rip Cousins all the time. I'll give him credit. It was a good half. Bizarre. Eric Wilson, fourth down, man. It's a punt. Just sit there. Don't do anything. No, he yeah. jumps offside. Yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. <laughs> and then I want one for you to write this down. Everybody's ripping roads and lanes. Neither one will be on the team next year. They're overpriced. For the price that they command for the salary cap, I don't see neither one of them on the team next year. That's uh, yeah. Thanks for the phone call, Kevin and Ham Lake. Yeah, there's gonna, we we do a segment on Mackie and Jeb with Rami every Monday, mm-hmm. which you can find at five thirty tomorrow called Vikings Nitpicks. Win or lose, Vikings Nitpicks is yeah. a segment every Monday, and I have a feeling we're gonna have to allot for some extra time to just kind of go back. Yeah, all the things that happened in the first half, including the uh, jumping off sides on the punt. And 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 obviously the Vikings overcame it, but when Wilson jumps off sides on that punt, not only does it cost the Vikings four minutes and thirty seconds of clock in the third quarter, but three extra points. Yep. Just like Gave the Broncos bang, three bang. Yeah. And they still overcame it somehow. Uh let's go to Austin in Fergus Falls. Hey Austin, you're on Ventline. Hey guys. Um so a couple things that I was gonna talk about. Uh one, you know, I you know how the teams kind of made adjustments? during the last couple of days uh, or during the last, you know, half. I thought that the refs did the same kind of thing. You know, uh, two plays that come to mind, you know, the, the first uh, the first touchdown that they had, they let the running back run for about eight to ten seconds, it seemed like, before they blew the whistle. Um, you know, that, that didn't happen in the second half. And then, then the other one was uh, the um, offsides or the, the over-the-center call. And, you know, there was about 30 people – pointing up at the Jumbotron before they finally realized that, no, nobody was in front of the center. Uh, so I think the refs really kind of made uh, a bit of adjustments there, too. And then the second thing, you know, I'm wearing a Rhodes jersey right now. I thought he played a pretty decent game. But, uh, you know, I, I I don't – I think he lost a step. I don't think he's yeah. playing nearly as well as he used to. And, uh, and you know, it, it hurts for me to say that because I love the guy. But uh, I, I think that he's got to – I think he's – we, we got to maybe make a couple changes. Yeah, thank you for the phone call. Um, Yeah, Rhodes is just sometimes like one of the things about cornerbacks and just well athletes in general, uh, whether you're a baseball player or a football player, your straight line speed. There's been studies done on this. If uh, your straight line speed starts to decline on average around age like 24, 25, 26, Mm -hmm. so it's very rare that you would be as fast as a 28 year old than you were as a, a as a 21 year old. It's why I think Byron Buxton's getting to a point where it's going to be tough to sign him to a long-term extension if you're the Twins because if straight-line speed is his biggest asset and that's going to decline uh, over the next four or five years, Xavier yeah. Rhodes has always been a big physical corner, but he's also been 
pretty fast, too, for his size. Mm-hmm. And if we're talking about losing a step or two, and he's handsy and has tendencies that land him penalties, then he's just a complete liability on most plays. That's the problem. He's uh, making $13.3 million this year, by the way. That's his, that's his salary cap hit. So third, he's third Kirk, highest on the team. Yeah. So, that's, I mean, I look, I, I am, it, it bothers me as much as anybody to see this sort of happen to Xavier Rhodes the way it has over the last season and a half. But it's, it's, it's the reality. And this is, that's a, that's a thing that this team is going to have to face. I mean, regardless of what happens this season, if they, don't make the playoffs or if they win the division and go to the NFC championship game, they're going to have to make some decisions on Xavier Rhodes' future. Trey Waynes is going to be a free agent after this season. He's making $9 million this year. They're going to have to decide on who's going to be here and who's not with a lot of guys that are making a lot of money because it's, it's a salary cap league, man. It's, it's a tough thing. It's, I know Mike Zimmer wants to keep all his guys together, but that's just not a reality in this league. It's, yeah. just, it's just not. Yeah. 651-646-8255. We'll take a few more here as we start to wind down Vikings' vet line. Derek in Phoenix, you're on the show. Oh, man. <laughs> Rhodes is like that religious solicitor that comes by your door like once a week, but you just can't tell him to go away because you're trying to be nice. I think it's time to tell him to go away. Like, tell him you worship the devil or something. I don't know what the heck it is. It's terrible. Like, he was awful today. And then another thing about this whole thing is, is Riley Reef. oh my gosh, could you be even worse? He was so bad in the first half. So bad. Um, and then another thing about this whole situation is, hey, Mike Zimmer, I get it. You want to slap J-Ron on the wrist. You want to say, Hey, J-Ron, I know what you did, uh, you know, driving through the construction site uh, drunk, you know, with a unregistered weapon was bad. We, but guess what? We've all He's been a- there. Oh, yeah, we all have. I mean, you know, you, I mean, Phil, you know how it is in Phoenix. There's always construction here. I mean, I better not drive after that game today. I might run into a construction site, and who knows? I might lose my teaching license. But anyways, <laughs> other than that, I mean, um, I'm, just, I'm just a little concerned by why Mike do you play Sandejo over J-Ron? Jaron balled his butt off in that last fourth quarter. He had heart. He was playing hard. He wanted to start. I mean, if you saw his Twitter rants yesterday, the kid wanted to play. Um, I don't understand that whole move altogether. And last thing I need to say is Kirk Cousins won this game today. And I know the narrative is going to be like, well, he didn't beat a winning team, blah, 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 blah. Dude, he won that game. He willed that team to a win. The rollout to the left, the dart to digs, that's a money toss. Yep. Like, I mean, he won this game for the Vikings. He did not let them lose. He made huge plays. No one will talk about it because it was against the Broncos. Had it been against the Seahawks, the entire nation might have been talking about it, but no one will care. They'll say, oh, no, no, no. the team did not want to play today. Kirk Cousins would not let them lose. Yep. He played his butt off today. And if anybody says differently, you didn't watch the game. Flat out. Thanks for taking my call. I love you guys. Derek, great phone call. Keep calling back. And uh, be safe. Be safe out there on the roads. This is a good lesson for everybody. Yeah. I mean, look, Kirk Cousins, was, he was fantastic in the second half. And they absolutely needed every bit of what he gave them in that second half to win that game. Otherwise, they this, you know, they were down 20 to nothing at the half field, and they had 47 yards of offense. I mean, it was that first half was about as bad as you could even imagine you know, save for that first half of 41 donut so many years ago. Yeah. Um, and Kirk Cousins, he, he did exactly what you 
professed for him to do at, at halftime. Put the team on your back and will them to a victory. And that's exactly what he did. Let's, uh, man, our phone lines have just been jammed for an hour and a half. This is, this is, this is fun for us too. This is, uh, it's, it's been, it's been an up and down season in a lot of ways for the Vikings, but they, to win that game today going into the bye, I don't know if it's even calculatable how big that is and just how great you feel as you're hanging out with your family and you're in that locker room. You get to get away for 10 days or whatever it's going to be or seven days. And, uh, just to have, that winning taste in your mouth going into the bye week is huge for this team. Let's go. Uh, let's go out east here. Let's go to John in Manhattan. You're on Vikings Vent Line. Phil Mackey and Manny Hill. Hey, what's up, Phil? What's up, Manny? What's going on, John? Uh, so I had a uh, yeah. I had to write that down on Friday that I uh, am glad did not come true, but it was looking very likely that the Vikings were going to lose. Uh, uh, the thing that that I'm going to vent about here that I haven't heard anybody talk about is just. I think, and I think the bias coming at the opportune moment, but the injuries certainly were piling up in this game. You could see on the telecast uh, that Cook's, Cook's right shoulder looks hurt. Uh, you know, uh, Thielen, hopefully he's resting up, but hamstrings are tough. You have uh, Harrison Smith go out with a hamstring injury. So I'm glad it's the bye, but I'm definitely uh, concerned in that regard. But I will say, at the end of the day, there's a reason the Vikings are eight and three, and there's a reason that uh, Denver's three and seven now. You know, it's because the teams, you know, it's the NFL. Any team can win on any on any day, but the teams that are going to win find a way to win. And this was one that maybe was a little bit more anxiety ridden uh, of a win. But at the end of the day, uh, what a fun what a fun second half. And, uh, you know, at least we get two weeks until I'm sure we're going to get slaughtered in Seattle to enjoy the phone. <laughs> All right, John, thanks for the phone call, man. Yeah, that's Classic Vikings fan mindset right there. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, an in- it's interesting that he brought up the injuries because on Friday on Ventline, we played me, um, or no, it wasn't Ventline, it was uh, Score North Live. Me, Danny, and Rami played confident, confidence, curious, concern. Yeah. And one of my concerns was getting through this game today without any more injuries because this team is already banged up with Linval being out with the knee surgery and, you know, Adam Thielen being out with the hamstring, dealing with that whole thing. You know, just my concern was, okay, can they get through this game against an inferior opponent as healthy as possible without any other injuries? And now you see, you know, Harrison Smith having to leave the game, Dalvin Cook, I mean, we didn't talk about that a lot. I tweeted it out once, but yeah, Dalvin Cook on that, I think it was on the two-point conversion that he didn't get, I think, where he was holding his shoulder a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, and he came back into the game and and continued to play. His cousins hit him on a screen pass, and he gained about 15 yards on it. But, yeah, that's, that's a concern. That is your best secondary player, your best player in the secondary, Harrison Smith, and probably your best player on offense. That's a big concern, and you just hope that this bye week can allow them to get a little bit healthy, and hopefully the thing with Harrison Smith isn't too serious, but hamstrings are always tricky, as we've learned with Adam Thielen. Yes. So hold your breath. Hold yeah. on to your butts for the next couple of weeks. I was going to say, actually, back to uh, the caller from Phoenix, and he was talking about Jaron Curse and why, why wouldn't Jaron Curse start? There's half a chance Jaron Curse does start against Seattle and Anderson Deho starts because Harrison yeah. Smith might not play if it's a hamstring. Yep. Kit in Virginia, you're on Vikings Vent Line on Score North. 
Hey, Phil, it's an honor to finally talk to you. I talk to Manny and Rami all the time. Um, I did have a write that down that Dalvin would go over 250 yards, and I don't think that came true. But I also wanted to say that I did predict that Manny's going to win the batting title coming back. I think that was a classic Manny Are you game. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, uh, are you Vikes fan 1930 on Twitter? Y- yes, I am. Dude, you are. You, you, I love the swings you take and write that down. You've taken some of the, oh, uh, the big swings this season for the listeners. Oh, I appreciate that. I I just I just started listening to it. and I just said, let me just start throwing some stuff out there, and <laughs> I just I wanted to root for Manny because I just wanted to shut Rami up for that batting title because Manny needs to win. He's the underdog, and it looked like a Manny, you know, write that down the first half, and it looked like a second half of Manny write that down in the second half, and I was like. My dad called me from Minnesota, and he said, I just had a bleeping heart attack on the goal line stand there. And I said, I didn't even watch the game. I turned it off. I said it was Buffalo 2.0. Um, I like the resiliency because um, I'm out here near Washington, so I hear all the Kirk Cousin haters out here, but that's what we paid him for. I don't think Keenum could have driven them back. I think that they, it, it would have been a lot worse had Case Keenum stayed, but – I like how Cousin ra- Cousins rallied them, and he's actually improving, showing that leadership that we're finally trying to see in year two of this year three contract. And I don't know how many more excuses Mike Zimmer can make about this defense. I mean, it was all the defense today. They couldn't get off the field. Cousins kept bringing them back and saying, what more can I do, you know, for this team? And to not have feeling, to have a banged up second, you know, you know, secondary and, you know, Limbaugh out. It was just a testament to that. And I think Kevin Savanti is going to be a head coach next year. So that would be all. Um, I'll take my comments off the air, but love listening to you guys. You guys are my favorite show on Fridays. I like to write that down, especially. So awesome. Well, Kit, we appreciate you calling and listening, and uh, and yeah, keep bringing those keep bringing those home run predictions, man. It's been fun having them. Uh, Oh, thank you. All right, that's uh, Kit in Virginia. Let's keep going here. That was a good mm-hmm. phone call. Yeah, it's great. Jake in Michigan, you're on Score North Vikings Venline. Hey guys, uh, long time listener, first time uh, caller, and I just want to ask. I actually got a flight into Minneapolis uh, the first half, and what what happened? <laughs> I landed down. And it was twenty to nothing, and then. Um, Got to my hotel and watched it with my uh, brother, and we, you know, came back and won. But um, my question is, Zimmer must have done some sort of adjustment to, you know, fix our, you know, horrible second secondary. But I know Cousins basically is the one I know of listening to the callers has basically came back and won the game. But what did Zimmer do really to fix our secondary if he just we just got lucky or that's kind of my question is how did he fix our secondary the second half yeah and i don't even know well thank you uh jake for the phone call i don't know if he did fix it yeah i think i mean they won the game i if brandon if brandon allen throws a touchdown pass i don't think the conversation is at all about how they now they obviously held denver in check and they should because it's brandon allen but we have to come to terms with the fact that this secondary, because you had a blue chip cornerback, Xavier mm-hmm. Rhodes, a few years ago, who was one of the best in the NFL. I mean, for like two years, he you could argue he was the best in the NFL. Yep. And now he's actually one of the worst in the NFL. So yeah. there's just you're not you're not gonna be able to just sprinkle dust on the secondary and have it go back to what it was. Let's go to Dave in South Carolina. You're on Ventline, Dave. How's it going, guys? Good man. What do you think hey, about good. this win by the well, Vikings listen, today? I'm gonna try to. 
uh, as a longtime Vikings fan, I've called you a few of the shows that you know in the past. Try to be positive here, okay? I mean, um, how many times have, have we lost these kind of games? I mean, the guy turns off the television set on the last call. Uh, Kevin Harlan gets uh, confused. He's got Minnesota ties in the call until he was probably he was probably shocked and surprised. Um, I just think that the confidence you get from a win like this, um, number one, that means you know, hey, look, we can win at home on the road. And I think secondly, the bigger picture is that we can win offensively in a variety of ways, um, and we're starting to get that confidence to where. You know, this playbook is continuing to come and come and come around. And, you know, we get feeling back. Uh, we get more use out of the tight ends. I still think uh, there's some other things that we can do. Defensively, I'm trying to be positive. I've been, I've called and been tough on Zimmer. Let's let him get into the laboratory. Um, I will say, you know, over to buy, I will say that, you know, we didn't really have a lot of guys running wide open today. Um, there were a lot of great plays in the ball by their receivers. And a lot of guys, a lot of our players on the defensive backfield, I think, still need to be better instinctually. But you know, you just can't teach that. You can coach it better, but you can't teach that. And yeah. I think that if they can get that going on the defensive side a little bit better, uh, and maybe even use J. Ron as a big nickel. You know, kind of like the Cardinals used to use. Uh, trying to forget the guy's name about three or four years ago now is kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a fill and cover a linebacker. Um, I think that, you know, we didn't even see Holton Hill. And, and maybe some of these guys are going to need to get rotated in a little bit um, and play a little bit more, you know, like Mike Hughes. Um, you know, I know he didn't make a play today on the ball uh, a couple times. But, you know, I just I think I'm not going to be as negative. Uh, I feel uh, I just can't believe that we actually are on the good side of the statistic and that uh, we actually are starting, I think, to break the law of averages. Let me just say this to you. You can write this down. Uh, <laughs> we get a number one. We get a number one or two seed, um, and we stay at home through the playoffs. Uh, this team is going. Is you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we are going to get to that Super Bowl. I, I can feel it. I'm just telling you. I just I feel like it's coming. Ooh, I hope so. And San Francisco yeah. is losing by a touchdown right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, Arizona. Arizona is is not an easy beat this season. That's a great phone call there from Dave in South Carolina. Actually, there's a the, the, if the Vikings lost this game today, you can kiss first round bye goodbye, and they're not mm-hmm. in position right now. They got to catch the Packers, but but um, this is the, you got to hold serve. I think you get. I think you can still win the division even with one more loss between now and the Packers game because the Packers do have to play at San Francisco. But you, you got to keep pace with Green Bay because I think if you want to get to the Super Bowl, you have you have to win the division. And probably have to get a first round by. Can I say this about the secondary? Because you know we talked about it a lot today. Um, Xavier Rhodes is, I think, at this point, for lack of a better way to describe it, a lost cause. I just, I just don't think he's he's just not a good corner anymore. And Trey Wayne's, I think, just kind of is who he is at this stage of his career. I believe fifth year in the league now. I think you have to start if you're Mike Zimmer and this is your calling card. This is what has made you a, a one of the best defensive minds in the NFL for a number of years for well over two decades. And this is what got you a head coaching job in the NFL is what you're able to do with, with secondaries and corners. I think it's time to really start to develop Mike Hughes. You invested a first-round pick on Mike Hughes. Mm -hmm. It's time to turn Mike Hughes into a first-round caliber corner. Mm -hmm. Holton Hill wasn't drafted, but he's 
a high draft pick talent. There were off the field things that allowed him to not be drafted, obviously, but he's a talented guy. It's time to for Mike Zimmer to turn those guys into the talented players that they are. Yeah, and it's, it's not- time for him to to develop them to reach their full potential. Xavier Rhodes is twenty nine years old and he has clearly lost a step. He has not been good in two years. It's I mean that that that's that's done. It's it's time for Mike Zimmer to show that he is still a good defensive mind and that he can turn you know, water into wine, so to speak, yep. with 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 other guys. And I know that he loves Xavier Rhodes, and he wants to hang on to Xavier, and he still wants to try and turn things around for him. But you got to think about the other guys you have, and you got to think about long term for this team. Now they they need Mike Hughes to be to be better, and they need Holton Hill to be an impact player in the secondary for yep. them now because Xavier Rhodes just can't be that guy anymore. Yep. Now this man this. These two weeks are going to be fascinating to see what they yeah. come out with in that Seattle game. We'll take a couple more calls here before we wrap this uh, exciting edition of Vikings Vent Line. Vikings win 27-23. You're listening to Score North. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. And Vikings Vent Line also available anywhere you find podcasts. The three best places, the Score North app, which is free to download, Apple, or Spotify. Let's go to Jeff in Texas. Hey, Jeff. Okay, guys. Yep, I got four points for you. I don't want to forget him because I always get nervous, but it's Bob, Diggs, refs, boys. So Bob first. I'm very <laughs> pleased for Bob that he's able to afford Heineken to go at halftime. I have to go get Keystone Light at halftime. <laughs> That's it. Diggs, Keystone Light Diggs, is probably fitting for the first half of this game, though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Diggs is the Michael Irvin of this team. We need a leader. It's Cousins not that vocal guy. We we don't have anybody, and and he's it. So his ran. Uh, Michael Irvin did the same thing, and I had to suffer through three Cowboys Super Bowls when I moved down here. The refs, I uh, I I'm gonna give him credit today because I didn't see anything bad, and this leads into my in, in into the comment about the boys, and I'm not talking about the Cowboys. I'm talking about my two degenerate sons, which I'm almost gonna come <laughs> to tears because we were just sitting there knowing the refs were gonna call some. Penny Annie, little pass interference call, and give Denver the ball on the one yard line with four, you know, four downs to go from the one yard line, you know, with ten seconds to go. And and last year they'd have been, oh, we're going to get a strip sack or a fumble, and they were like all up to miss it. But they were down in the dumps with me. They knew what was going to happen. They knew that it was Bills 2.0, and I was just. It was a watershed moment that they finally came. They're fully Minnesotans now, even though they were born in Texas. So pleasing. Yeah, so pleasing. Jeff, that's a great phone call, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Let's take one more here from Wesley in Bloomington. You get the final say on Vikings vent line, Wesley. Hey, guys. uh, First time caller, long time listener. I want to start off on a positive note. Great goal line stand there on the end. And then uh, what I wanted to talk about, someone who – has been uh, I've been really excited about this year. Anthony Barr, I think, kind of, as Mike Zimmer said, coasted today and frustrated me a little bit. And I wanted to get your guys' take on Anthony Barr. And uh, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. I think, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think all of the defense left something to be desired today, yep. to be honest. I mean, Anthony Barr, there, I, I would say this about Barr. There's a lot of guys on that defense that make a lot of money and aren't living up to collectively where you think they should be. Like all the money that you've pumped into Barr and Rhodes and Waynes and Griffin and 
Daniil Hunter. I'm not saying that all those guys are underachieving. I think Daniil Hunter is amazing. But, uh, yeah, like the whole, the, the sum of the parts is not great enough yeah. for me. And you know what's interesting too, Phil? Who had to restructure their deal in order for Anthony Barr to come back? It was Eric Hendricks, right? Yeah. And think about how good Eric Hendricks has been this year. Mm-hmm. He's been, I mean, the defense as a whole has obviously not as good as it was a couple of years ago or maybe even last year, but Eric Kendricks has been terrific this year, really all season long. And yeah, he, he put was that the Cowboys guy, game to bed last yep, week. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been a all pro middle linebacker this year. And it, it's just it's just interesting that he was the guy that like restructured his deal in order for other guys to to come back and, and stay here. So yeah. it's interesting. So, what a win for the Vikings today. My goodness. Heading into the bye week, eight and three. The first time in Kirk Cousins' Vikings career that he completes a fourth-quarter comeback for a win. And that has been Vikings Ventline. I'm Phil Mackey. That's Manny Hill. A.J. Fredrickson doing a wonderful job taking your phone calls and producing. We're back tomorrow on Score North for Vikings Ventline Day After Edition. 10 a.m. tomorrow on am1500live.scorenorth.com and the Score North app. And you can always find all kinds of written and video and audio Minnesota sports content at our website, scorenorth.com. On the other side of this, you're going to get a little, uh, you're going to get the second half anyways of Eagles and Patriots right here on AM 1500. Have a good night, everybody. First and 10, it's Cousin, and he'll throw, and he's got Rudolph, and he's got an open path to the end zone. Minnesota's got their first lead on a 36-yard touchdown pass. Cousins to Rudolph. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.